everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, it is my honor today to have Patrick Murdoch as my guest. He has a track record as a visionary leader and change agent. He's delivered strategic direction and management to industry-leading nonprofit organizations, Fortune 5000 corporations, and startups through collaborative creation of vision, mission, and objectives. In addition to his role at Faith and Liberty Discovery Center, he is vice president of the Faith and Liberty Initiative, Prior to joining American Bible Society and leading the Faith and Liberty Initiative, he served as the founder and executive director of a think tank, managing director of a development for a 50-year-old nonprofit and spent 21 years in sales and marketing leadership with Deluxe Corporation. He earned his bachelor's degree from New Mexico State University and his MBA from Lake Forest Graduate School of Management and Regent University. Patrick Murdoch assumed his post in February of 2015. Welcome, Patrick. I'm so honored to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me with you. You know, Regis is not very far from us. We are in, uh, I'm in Virginia, and my husband was a pre-law major before he went on to get his MDiv, and he was looking at Regent as one of those schools. So it's a great university, great school. I love my experience at Regent, and I can't think, uh, can't say enough highly about it. It's a beautiful campus too, beautiful area. Absolutely. Well, I would love to hear all about the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center. As this airs, it has not opened yet, so I feel pretty excited to kind of bring uh, bring the news of something that's going to be so amazing and what an amazing experience this is going to be for families and churches. Patrick, what is the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center, and how does this new center fit into Philadelphia's array of already historic attractions? Yeah, so the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center is a $60 million interactive and immersive experience that's being built on Independence Mall, which some would call America's most historic square mile, located right between Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell on one end, and the National Constitution Center on the other. It's literally right in the middle of the birthplace of America in Philadelphia. And it's being designed by the award-winning firm of local projects, which spearheaded the 9-11 Memorial and Museum and ranks as one of the most innovative design agencies in the nation. So we're super excited to see this coming to life. And your second question was, how does this fit into the array of Philadelphia historic attractions? And so what we think is the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center fills the gap in the story of our country's origins. It explores the relationship between faith and liberty in America from its founding through today by illuminating the influence of the Bible on individuals in key historical and personal moments. The evidence of the Bible's influence in Philadelphia as its moral grammar of the day can be seen all over Philadelphia, starting with the inscription that's on the Liberty Bell on the book of Leviticus. It simply says, proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. You know, Philadelphia was the metropolis of America's founding, established by William Penn. And his vision for Pennsylvania to become a seed of a nation rooted in the principle of religious liberty. So the center's contribution will be to uncover yet another dimension of the American story. 
And that's the story of faith as it relates to American ideals and institutions. Our opportunity is really to foster personal discovery of an integrated narrative about how a great civil, civilizational text has been an important cultural, if not revolutionary force in America. And in ways what we're doing is we're helping to reinsert what we call the third document back into the storyline of America. Uh, it's a part of the story that's been lost, a part of the history that many visitors have either forgotten or perhaps they've never even known, but an important part of the story of the American experience, without which we, we lose sort of the why behind the what. So the first document being the Declaration, the second the Constitution, and the third document being the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Mm, I love that. I cannot wait to experience it. And, you know, I live very close to um, Washington, D.C., the Museum of the Bible. So I, 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 I'm hearing what's unique about this is going to be its specific um, uh, context of American history. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that's right. You know, when you, when, I think you've mentioned you'd gone to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and and that's ex exactly what you would expect when you come to Washington, D.C. You want to see the Smithsonian of whatever. <laughs> In this case, the Museum of the Bible is sort of the Smithsonian of the Bible. The reason why people are coming to Independence Mall, uh, 4.8 million unique visitors every year, is they mm. want to understand American history. What happened here? 14% mm. uh, are coming from the, the, the nations with their cameras. There's some secret sauce that happened here. <laughs> that launched this nation of ideas. What is that? And so that's our opportunity. It's different than Washington, D.C. And so our entire experience is really focused on the American story. And how did you particularly come to be involved with this? How long have you been involved? I'm interested to hear kind of your story with it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, before I get into that, let me also just mention a few other things that I think are important. Um, you mentioned how is it different. So the opportunity we have uh, versus Museum of the Bible is different, but the way we're going about this experience is very different as well. Uh, what we're building is a 40,000 square foot experience that includes interactive galleries, a 3D theater, and an educational center. And while it's a museum, <laughs> it's really not a museum in the traditional sense. Traditional museums are very, what we call artifact driven. And we know that today artifacts are important because they bring authenticity, but they're not winning the day with modern museum goers and the next generation who are primarily learning through media. So whereas most museums are 90% media, 10% artifact, our experience is gonna be 90% uh, media and 10% artifacts. We're actually mm -hmm. gonna turn the museum world upside down and on its head. Hmm. We like to say we're building a massive digital platform that's disguised as a museum. But we're also very careful in the way we describe it. We don't use the word museum because the next generation, when they hear that word, they think of old things from long ago that in their mind are irrelevant. Now you and I know that old things from long ago are not irrelevant. <laughs> that's just where we are in our in culture, right? And the other thing that we know is that word Bible is a very charged word today in, in culture. And it's, uh, it keeps actually a lot of, of, of people that are curious away. And so we were very, very intentional to think about, okay, how can we create something that is inviting to everyone and where everyone can find hope and inspiration? And the biggest 
uh, first obstacle is to get them in the door. And so that's why ours is called the Faith in Liberty Discovery Center. We're very, very intentional. The other thing that we know is that museums have always struggled with, how do we get people to re-engage with the content post-visit? So think about yourself, you go to New York City, to the Museum of Modern Art, hey, that was cool. Maybe you uh, learn some things about Picasso or Renoir or Monet, maybe you have a better appreciation. But what do you do with it? What do you do with that experience after you leave? Maybe nothing. And for us, that would be a fail. And so what we did is we designed a technology that we're calling a lamp that's this sleek, ergonomic handheld device that every visitor will be given as they go through the experience. And as they go through the experience, if they see something that resonates with them, they just touch their lamp to it. And every time they do that, they're collecting it digitally and they're building their own personalized website that's waiting for them immediately. Oh, so wow. they can call it up on their smartphone, their computer, or their Kindle or iPad when they get home. They can share it socially. But the bigger thing is we, we get to go home with people. Hmm. And we get to continue this uh, engagement journey that they're on that started at the center. But we're only going to have them for a few minutes, and then they leave. We want to go home with them. Hmm. So that's one of the things that is going to make this experience so different. You'll even have an opportunity as you leave the center to dock your lamp into a, a, a maker space where you'll be able to create your own shirt, poster mug, piece of jewelry from something that spoke to you. And it'll be printed one off and shipped to your home. So there's all kinds of ways that we're trying to leverage technology to let people engage with the content where it, they, 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 they think about it, they chew on it, they share it socially in it as a chance to make a more, more of an impact on their lives. So uh, a little more on how our center is different than virtually any other museum out there today. Mm. I love that innovative approach. Were those your ideas? Was this a, a collaborative effort? And, and again, we'll kind of revisit then what your involvement and how you came to be involved in all of it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I wish I could say that we were the creative juggernaut on this thing, but that would not be telling you the truth. A firm called Local Projects is our um, exhibit and media design firm. And really, uh, they have been written by For written up by Forbes magazine, by Fast Company. Uh, you know, they're creating the museum of the future. And after a worldwide search of 15 different firms that, that do interactive immersive experience, we landed on Local Projects. And, they first trailblazed this lamp technology at the Cooper Hewitt, which is the design arm of the Smithsonian about five years ago. That was version 1.0, and we're going to be bringing version 5.0 to the marketplace when we open the center. So they've been the, the creative force behind this. They have worked incredibly well with our um, engineers, our architects, our deep bench of scholars uh, that are involved with this project. Uh, but they've been right in the center of all the creativity, for sure. Wow, that's amazing. So is that one of your favorite aspects of the, of the center? Oh, I, you know, I just caught myself. It, it's by instinct, right, that we say museum. So it's, it's a paradigm <laughs> shift. I got to shift my brain. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love great. this paradigm shift. I was thinking as you were talking, you know, Paul said, I'm going to use all means that I have at my disposal so that – by some of them, I'll win some, right? And I just think That's if he right. was alive today, he'd be using technology, everything at his disposal. And, you know, we're really living in unprecedented times, even when we've just come 
out of this last year and and just this kind of shift we all had to make and a pivot a mid-year into doing things online and, and it, uh, such a different approach. And so I think you're, you're such on the cutting edge. I love that. I think Paul will be cheering you on as, as some <laughs> others in heaven as well, I'm sure. But is that one of your favorite aspects of the center? Did you hear me that time? I got it right. Um, or are, are there other aspects, unique sure. aspects that you'd like us to know about? Yeah. So gosh, um, yeah, I could go on and on about the different ideas, but I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is that when we think about America today, we are so divided currently. Um, our culture has lost a sense of who we are and the values that have historically have united us and that loss of our cultural identity and our moral grammar, is sort of a historical amnesia, uh, which begs the question today, who are we as a nation, right, and a people? And so I think one of the things that excites me the most is that the center has this opportunity to help us recover some of these missing pieces of our American memory and identity. Uh, we were at one time a people of the book, the Jewish and the Christian scriptures, the Bible, and we used to call it the good book. Uh, and so we, uh, we want to, uh, we hope that we can recover that, uh, that people can find the Bible in a new and fresh way and that it, it's not just this old dusty book that's out of step with the time, but that actually the high ideas that it calls us to live by, faith and hope and love can help people discover, uh, rediscover the American story and what initially united us and what can unite us again. So I think that's probably the thing that excites me the most is that aspirational goal that for this moment, maybe God has ordained and has decided to launch the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center right in the middle of the birthplace of America, hmm. bringing his word back to the center and to the foundation of this nation and helping people in a, in a way that is very inviting to discover this, this book. Hmm. And, and these values, and maybe they leave uh, thinking themselves as a change maker. You know, some, this inspires them to do good and to lean into the scriptures, to not only help uh, leave a, their own personal legacy behind, but also maybe to impact, we hope, their, their eternal destiny. And hmm. so that, that's, that's a big idea, I think, that excites me the most about the opportunity that God's given us with the faith and the discovery, not just for the moment, but for generations to come. Mm. I mean, we are bringing the scriptures back into the storyline of America. I love that. I'm, all that I'm a mom of two young adults. And so I was thinking as you were sharing, unfortunately, not only is the country divided, but there's a lot of false narratives, not only about our, even our founding, you know, and what we've gotten away from, but, but even just what we're told today, and I, I love that truth is going to be a beacon, the real truth, capital T. And I also love this agent of change. You know, this whole podcast is called make life matter. And how can we make our lives matter? And, and, and I know this is kind of a personal question, but why is it so important to you to be an agent of change? Well, I, I can just say that in my own personal life, that my life's been changed, transformed by God's word, by Christ. Mm. And I look at 
you know, what God has done um, through my life, which, um, you know, I would say I'm like the least qualified guy to be mm-hmm. in this role. Um, but it's, it's, it's through the scriptures that I've, I've learned that, that there's, that, that there's more than, than, that God can do with my life than I could ever dream or imagine. And I'm a, I'm a young, I'm a small town boy from Hobbs, New Mexico. I never in my wildest dreams would imagine I'd be living in Philadelphia overseeing this historic project. It makes no sense. Mm. Um, but I, but I just, I want that for other people. Mm. I want them to understand that they have been uniquely gifted in ways and crafted for intention, intentionality, and um, that they have a father in heaven that loves them, that and wants to use them. And, um, and has so much more for them than maybe they 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 look at just beyond the end of their nose or in the in the immediate moment. And I, I know, especially during this time uh, that we're in right now, this cultural moment, that um, that a lot of the the comforts that we're used to has sort of been taken away. You know, the carpet's been pulled out from underneath us, hmm. and so we're left with what? You know, what are we what are we left with to hold on to? And I think there's so many people out there that are looking for this foundation, this meaning and truth. And, and so I, that excites me. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not excited about the moment that we're in from the <laughs> standpoint of comfort because, uh, you know, we're all been kind of relegated to our homes and, and um, not being able to uh, be as socially active as we like, right? Um, but, but there's an opportunity there that God's mm-hmm. given us for this moment for the church to step mm. into. And, and I, I think it's so critical that we, especially as believers, steward the moment we've been given. And so thank you for doing that. I just can imagine when you get to heaven, there's gonna be people there that are there mm. because of the work that you're doing in this center. And mm. there's really no greater reward, right? That someone could leave changed and, and their approach to the word of God shifted and encounter the the God of the Bible, not just knowing about the Bible, but the God of the Bible and, and Jesus, our savior through the center. And that, that kind of leads me to my, my next question. Would you say the center is geared toward people of faith? Yeah. So we like to say that, that this is really for people of all faiths or no faith. Everyone is welcome. And we really, we truly want to invite the historically curious and open-minded who love questions and dialogue, who possess a spirit of discovery, right? I mean, it's in our name with the disposition to explore facts for themselves. You know, so there's so many perceptions hmm. about the Bible, for example, that people hear about, but it's not a firsthand experience. They just have heard about things. True. Um, True. And so we want you know, people to kind of lean in and, and open up and, and just discover on their own. We're not going to push anything on them. We, we just set this up for them to find it on their own. Uh, and it's our goal really that to meet each customer or visitor right where they are with a personalized, self-curated experience, helping them to examine, again, the core values and to consider what they mean for themselves today, the values that will come to life in the exhibits are the values found in the Constitution, the Declaration, and the Bible. And these are the values of faith, liberty, justice, hope, 
Mm. unity and love. Mm. And it's sort of like the fruits of the spirit, which there is no law against. Mm. It's hard to argue with faith yep. and liberty and justice and hope and unity and love. And we do hope that that will just invite everyone in and they'll be free to discover. And you know, we like to say that the visitor is the hero and the Bible is going to be their guide mm. in helping them find you know, more meaning and, um, and, and really discover more about not just America, but about themselves. I love that. I love that customized personal experience. I was thinking, as you said that, it's the way Jesus approaches us, right? We have the word of God, but then all throughout the gospels, we see how unique and personal he was to reach people right where they were. Right. And he's still doing that today. So I'll just be praying with you that every visitor that steps on those grounds will move from whatever their knowledge of the Bible and the God of the Bible is to a, a more authentic relationship will be in agreement with prayer. So, you know, what have you learned about yourself? Another personal question here, spiritual or otherwise, since taking on this role of executive director, like you said, commandeering this, this monstrous ship. Yeah, there's a couple of things I've kind of reflected on, you know, how this opportunity came about, how I got involved and what I've learned about myself in it. And so just as a reminder, prior to, to, to leading the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center effort, I helped to co-found um, and serve as executive director of the Issachar Initiative, which was, and also became part of a missional leaders group called Table 71. And in that context, I helped to create vision and mobilize resource for the unfinished work of the Great Commission all around the world. And along the way, I got to meet and build a relationship with Dr. Roy Peterson, who was a former president of Wycliffe Bible Translators, the Seed Company, and at the time, president of American Bible Society. And when I was transitioning from Issachar, Roy said, hey, uh, I want you to come to Philadelphia, and have I got a project for you? Mm. <clears throat> and now here's a guy that's never built a home in his life, ever. And so uh, he was entrusting me with this project five years ago. All we had was a property and an opportunity and to lean in and try to figure it out. And um, so some of the things I think I've, I've learned is that um, truly, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, that God can move mountains and that many times he calls the unqualified to step into assignments that he is doing, that work mm -hmm. that he's doing so that ultimately he gets all the honor and glory because there's no way you can look at pat, pat murdoch and say oh well no no wonder this is such a, <laughs> a great project kind of pat. <laughs> no. if you know anything about me you go totally does not make sense uh, in a human economy but god and uh, i've just seen him move in amazing ways i was reminded of proverbs 3 5 that just reminds us to trust in the lord with all of our heart, lean not in our own understanding, but uh, just to, in all our ways, submit and acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight. And that's what I've tried to do along with my bride, Holly, and just kind of always listen to where God is leading us. And even though sometimes it doesn't make sense on the surface, you know, just to trust him to step into it. If we feel that confirmation, and we did. And, um, and so, and I, I would also go back even years before that, um, talking about past experiences that I think help prepare me for this role. Um, you know, I think you mentioned in the earlier uh, bio that I spent 21 years in the marketplace. 
in that scenario, I was an introvert thrust into an extrovert world. And I, I had to, to learn to um, lead teams, to conduct research, uh, to serve customers and constituents and always pursue excellence. And then 13 years ago, I got a call out of nowhere from a board member of the Billy Graham organization asking me if I would leave my mission field. I was really comfortable in my mission field in the corporate world. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, but my wife and I prayed about it and felt like, okay, does it make sense? But feel like God's calling us to that. Mm -hmm. And so I spent three years drinking through a fire hose serving as managing director of development for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Wow. I didn't have a clue about advancement, but I learned about fundraising and I built relationships with kingdom-minded individuals, foundations, and organizations that were serving both of these groups. And then I was invited to launch this think tank. I didn't know anything about the Great Commission. I mean, I knew that if someone said it's a great commission important, I would say yes. But if he would, if someone would say, well, how are we doing with that? I would say, I have no idea. And so I was, you know, asked to step into that and saw what, what God did. And then along the way met Roy. And, and by that time, you know, it didn't have to make perfect sense that if we felt like God was calling us, go, just step into it. And uh, so those are some of the things uh, that I've learned along the way. I'd still pinch myself today. And I think I'm just going to wake up and realize this all been a dream. <laughs> but, a really good but, one. <laughs> a really good one. But it's, uh, it's super cool, very humbling. And it's been a great, great team effort, by the way. Mm. As well. yeah. And when you said all he had was a property and an opportunity, it made me think of Moses and you speak of such humility. You know, I can hear the humility in your, in your voice and in, in your words, which reminds me of Moses. And even God said to him, what's in your hand, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm wondering how many of our listeners feel like there's a task in front of them that seems larger than what they could even manage or think they could take on. And God doesn't often call the qualified he qualifies the called you know and he he will give you the insight the wisdom um and just to think what is in your hand what can you use to be an agent of change we're not all going to be building 60 million dollar centers that are going to literally impact the nations but wherever people are let's not let any limitation keep us from letting God use us to our fullest potential. Start with whatever you have and don't let fear and intimidation keep you back from it. So that was a takeaway I got out of what you were just sharing and, and look at what's in your hand, look at what you can do. And, and another piece I got out of that is such divine connections that God orchestrated in your life. This one led to that one led to that one. And I've seen that in my own life. And I, I, I heard a pastor once in Africa, I do a lot of work in Africa and a superintendent of Nigeria said, if you want to experience favor in your life, the favor of God, then sow favor into the lives of others. Amen. And so as you do that, and I, I can see this, this line of people who've gone before you, the Billy Graham Association, the, the Whitcliffe Bible. I mean, there's so many that have sown into your life and now we have the opportunity to do that with others. That's so powerful. And, and I'm wondering with even that in mind, how you plan to collaborate and how the center is going to partner with some local projects. Yeah. So, um, well, in the immediate neighborhood, uh, we, we want to be great neighbors. We think that's a witness as well. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we've worked, uh, I've got great friendships with the head of the national constitution center independence park. 
the Museum of American Revolution, the National Museum of American Jewish History, the African American Museum, and we're all uh, working together mm. and just uh, helping to think about how all boats can rise. Mm. And because to the extent that we collectively serve all the visitors coming kind of to Philadelphia, everybody wins. And, uh, and then beyond that, um, one of the things that we're trying to do as a staff is when we moved our headquarters from um, New York City, where we were for 199 years, to the back to the birthplace of America, we said, we don't want to just be headquartered here, but we want to become part of the fabric of the mm -hmm. city. And so we're really mobilizing our 200 plus staff to, to really get involved with the biggest needs of the city. And in mm. the city of Philadelphia, it's uh, homelessness, mm. it's um, poverty, it's hunger, it's a public school system that is hurting. Mm. And those are all, all opportunities for us to be in the hands and feet of Christ. And then across the country, uh, we never wanted the Faith Delivery Discovery Center to be just a place in Philadelphia. So we're building out the Faith and Liberty Initiative but the center is a beacon. It's funny that you use that word beacon because mm. we have a two and a half story sculpture that is called the beacon in the mm. lobby of the center that symbolizes three values that point to the three documents. So the Liberty Declaration, Justice Constitution, and Faith, the Bible. Mm. And this will be alongside the cupola at Independence Hall and the steeple at Christ Church where George Washington and Betsy Ross worship and it's wow. so anyway just to i forgot to mention the beacon idea but then the other thing we're doing is we're building educational programming content that will be available to equip teachers and pastors and leaders all across the country we have a hundred city vision to get this content out and to mobilize more biblical change makers in every one of our communities mm. across the country taking inspiration from biblical change makers in our history but then who are those for today? And maybe it's us, mm. right? And what does that look like? And so we're, we're, we're developing a whole lineup of programming that extends the reach of the center beyond Philadelphia. And we, we want to start a national conversation and see uh, the church really mobilize to make an impact mm. and make a difference in their community. So it's a, there's a lot of collaboration going on and a lot of people that are saying, we want to be a part of this. And we're super excited about that. Oh, that's so powerful. It's a powerful testament to us to integrate our faith, to not compartmentalize our faith, but to use it to be, like you said, a change agent in, in the world around us. And I'm a big advocate of the Bible is relevant for today. As a Bible study author, I have staked my life on that to say, listen, mm -hmm. you know, it, I know these stories seem ancient, but dust it off and apply it to your everyday life and just watch and see what God is going to do while you give him that obedience and that availability like you've done. It's just like, yeah, I'm, now I'm so excited for it to be open. So I know we're almost out of time. I'm going to ask yeah. you to pray in just a moment or over our yeah. listeners and hopefully these visitors are going to come in. But, you know, when will people be able to purchase tickets? When will the center be open? Now that you've wet our appetite, now we're all excited. When can we get there? Yeah, so tickets are about to begin going on sale at www.faithandliberty.org. And those are for individuals and groups. And we are uh, projected to open in spring of 2021. And um, so we're very excited. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your show and your podcast. And uh, I would love to pray for your listeners if, uh, if you'd like to close in that way. And 
Would you like for me to pray? Absolutely. And I'll make sure to put the website in my show notes. And, and uh, so all of you listening, get yourself to Philadelphia. You've been cooped up long enough in the house all through 2019, all through the 2020. So 2000, 2021 is when this is going to open. All this will be behind us. So we're just praying for an amazing opening and such um, just favor on your life. And Holly, thank you for being with us today. And, and I'm hoping to come with my husband. We pastor a church outside of DC. We're hoping to be there for the opening or right around that time. And so we'll be cheering you on and, and believing God's going to do great things through you. So thank you so much for your time today, Patrick. And I'd love to invite you to pray over us. Yeah, I'll do that. And, and let me give one last shout out for my uh, city of Philadelphia. Sure. Uh, because in addition to the center, we talked about the Liberty Bell, Independence Mall, the Constitution Center, the Museum of American Revolution. People that have come to Philly or know about it know they can go on the Rocky Steps at the Museum of, of Art. Uh, certainly you can get amazing cheesesteaks. And if you're into sports, we've got the, the Super Bowl champions. Now we can finally yes, say in Philadelphia, the Eagles, the Phillies, <laughs> the 76ers. And there's a reason why 48 million tourists are coming to Philadelphia each and every year. And it's voted on every year by tourist organizations around the world are the top spots to come to mm. uh, in, in America. So come, bring your, your family, bring your friends, tell others, and we, we look forward to seeing you in Philadelphia in spring of 21. Absolutely. And so now, Lord, thank you for this opportunity uh, through technology to just uh, celebrate who you are in our lives and what you're doing all around the world. I pray for all the listeners today that have heard this, that somehow they've been inspired and encouraged uh, somehow they've been uh, drawn back to remembering the history and the roots of our country and how the Bible has been such a foundation um, that that is not only relevant back in our founding days, but it's relevant today. And so I pray that all of us would be uh, just inspired to lean in even more into God's word and to, 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 to remember those stories um, that, that Jesus told, that the scripture tell us about that, that looked at men and women, just normal men and women that were used by God to do amazing things. And I pray that each of us would be, would consider what difference we can make right where we've been planted, whether it's reaching out to our neighbor next door or serving through our church in the community and, you know, reaching across the aisles of those who don't believe or, or maybe are against the Bible and the church and just to love them, meet them where they are, just like Jesus did the woman at the well. And so each of us, Lord, would you use us for your honor and glory? Would you uh, take what you've given us and help us to be good stewards? And uh, would we make an impact for you and help your kingdom come here on earth as is in heaven until you call us all home? So we pray even now that um, all of us will look, look ahead and to see what God is doing and step in and believe and have faith, the faith of a mustard seed, and see what God can do. Offer all this to you in the precious and holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio BOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, 
leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.